Today's gospel is from Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 49. While they were talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing ghosts. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see I am sending upon you what my father promised, So stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you ever find yourself in a public setting like a doctor's office where there's a TV on and you're introduced to shows you never knew existed? Some of which you may never watch again. Some of which you discover and say, hey, that's good. A few years ago, um, I would take our son Matthew to have his his braces done. And at the doctor's office at that time in the afternoon, the Ellen DeGeneres show was on. How many of you know Ellen DeGeneres? A good number of you. See, at that time, I didn't know about her show. And I really thought, hey, this is a great show. It's very positive. She's obviously having a good time. And she treats her guests with with joy and with dignity and with dancing, and um, some good things are happening. One of Ellen's traditions, I guess, is to be right in the middle of an interview, and all of a sudden, out of the furniture pops somebody that scares the guest. Have you seen this? I've, I've now seen it, people posting it on Facebook. Um, the guests kind of know it's going to happen, but they're still startled. They're still afraid, and we all still enjoy watching that. And I thought, you know, what is it about being scared that is so enjoyable? We spend billions of dollars a year as a nation and as a culture in the horror film industry. We just love being scared for some reason. I don't. I have enough fears of my own to go to a... I don't want to go to a horror show. But our, our fears are so present. And so isn't it interesting that the risen Christ comes to the disciples when they are in touch with their fear, their terror. And Jesus does, he says two things to the disciples that may be helpful for us as we navigate 
our own fears. Our fears are numerous, huh? We're afraid of... We're afraid of suffering. You've heard me define this before. Suffering, one definition of suffering is when we are out of control. When we're honest, we're out of control of so much. We're somewhat out of control of how long we'll live or how long a loved one will live. We're somewhat out of control with our health to a certain degree, our abilities to a certain degree, loved one's health, loved one's abilities. Weeks like this, we are in touch with how out of control we feel in geopolitics, in decisions that world leaders are making, and we feel woefully out of control, and that causes us fear. The question is, what do we do with that fear? Jesus says two things. The first thing he says to the disciples and to us, peace be with you. Maybe we came to church today to hear those words, peace be with you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that may be one of the gifts that Christianity gives us. If we can invest in our faith lives in such a way that we feel a sense of peace, even in the midst of craziness, even in the midst of all of our fears, even in the midst of all of our being out of control, in the midst of all of our suffering, in the midst of all of our dread, which is that sense of anxiety that is always simmering under the surface. The more I have spoken to people in recent weeks and months, people have described a dread that they're, they're feeling. They get up in the morning and they feel this simmering dread of what might go wrong. When Christianity is at its best, we nurture a spirit and a spirituality of peace where we can breathe in the peace of Christ and breathe out the peace of Christ. In fact, let's do, take a deep breath right now. Breathe in the peace of Christ. And breathe out the peace of Christ. When we can get into that rhythm, that stance, then we're in the flow. God wants us to feel peace. God wants us to breathe out peace to everyone we meet. And then Jesus says a second thing to his disciples. He sees that they are filled with joy, but also filled with dread. And he says, why are you afraid? Friends, if you are wondering what to do with the dread and fear and anxiety that you carry, I would encourage you to find a trusted friend and say, Ask me what I'm afraid of and keep asking. A good friend will not try and solve that problem, but will just kind of keep saying, and then what, and then what, and then what. Here's what a good friend did to me once when I was going through a season where I was dealing with some fears. He said to me, so what are you afraid of, Jeff? And I told him, and he said, and then what? What happens after that? And I told him. 
And then he said, and then what happens after that? And then what happens after that? And what I discovered was some of my fears were real and worthy to be listened to, and others were not. What I was doing was catastrophizing, taking that one bit of fear and going to the worst case scenario. If you have a friend who can help you back away from the the cliff, if you will, back away from catastrophizing, and Jesus is doing that with his disciples. Tell me what you're afraid of. He talks them back down from their fears. What were they afraid of? Maybe they were afraid of the scriptures that they were studying. And maybe they were afraid that Jesus was right. This whole thing is a cycle of death and resurrection. That's what the scriptures today read. That's what the scriptures, Jesus took them on a Bible study throughout the Hebrew scriptures. And he was all saying, look, it's pointing to death and resurrection. Maybe that scared the disciples that Jesus was right. And that meant that they themselves would be in this cycle of death and resurrection. Loved ones would be in the cycle of death and resurrection. Creation itself would be in the cycle of death and resurrection. At first that sounds fearful, but it's really one of great hope that allows us to trust. The scriptures that Kevin read today said they were afraid that Jesus might be a ghost. The Gospel of John was written to address a certain theology that was buzzing around then. There was some Gnosticism and some heresies and some other beliefs that Jesus wasn't really fully raised from the dead. He was just appearing to be alive, but it really wasn't him in the flesh. And so the Gospel writer of John specifically records this passage where Jesus says to the disciples, do you have anything to eat? And they give him a piece of fish. And he eats the fish. I I wonder what was going on in that scenario. I wonder if he just took a bite and chewed that fish long and hard and looked at his disciples And maybe he winked at them. And then maybe he slowly took another bite of the fish and chewed it and swallowed it. As if to say, ghosts don't do this. How much like God to have the risen Christ be in the flesh? This was God's decision long ago to be in the flesh. A friend of mine told me a story recently about going to the Church of the Annunciation in Israel, in the Holy Land, and and he said he was just overcome with emotion when he realized that this was where God decided to be in the flesh, and it changed everything. And he just wept. Because he knew he was part of that incarnation, part of that enfleshment, part of God's decision to be fully God and fully human in Jesus the Christ. This is the message of Christian incarnation. 
to be in the flesh. Why wouldn't the risen Christ be in the flesh? To show his wounds, to eat and say, don't be afraid. Not only am I not a ghost, but you disciples are a part of this stance. Part of this enfleshment. Part of this corporeality. So I close with this. What would our lives look like if we looked at every person we meet and looked for the divine spark within them? If we looked for that wonderful mix of divinity and humanity in everyone we meet, The hope of Christianity is for us to claim that ourselves, to see divinity and humanity in Jesus, to see divinity and humanity in the risen Christ, to see divinity and humanity and the handiwork of God in us so that we begin to see it in one another and then we can begin to see it in everyone we meet. Even the people Well, I don't know if I should say this. Because sometimes this stops the process. Okay. So seeing the divine in others, 101, is seeing it in the people you love. Seeing it in your family. Seeing it in your friends. And to at some point in your conversation, just look at them. And they may say, hey, why are you smiling? (laughs) If you care to tell them, you can say, I just, I was looking for the divinity in you. I was looking for God's handiwork in you. Start there. Advanced Christianity, and Jesus wanted us to get there, is to look for the divine spark in those people with whom we don't get along. To look for the divine spark in people whom we may be afraid of. To look for the divine spark in people that we may have nothing in common with, that's perhaps for advanced Christianity, but that's the hope that we get there. And the practice is not to do it while you're in a meeting with them, not to do it when you're standing with them, not to do it when you're watching them on TV, but to do it some other time when you can really practice overcoming our fear of them and to see that they are created by God. And they are also this wonderful mix of humanity and divinity. Hmm. Do you have that person in mind? Friends, look to the center of the congregation. Yeah, you can look to the left and the right. Look right about here. Look across the aisle at someone and just smile at them because... That may be the risen Christ looking back at you. Yeah, go ahead. Look, look, look. All the way down the aisle. Look to the left. Look to the right. Look for the divine presence in one another. You just might see the risen Christ looking back at you. This is where it begins. The hope is to take that glance out to a world that is longing to be seen with the eyes of love. Amen.